You no, know, I remember so clearly um, during all this time while they were looking for me, Tammy did run. One of the girls came up and said, I think I see her on the bottom of the pool. In fact, I think I touched somebody, but I'm not sure. And then a young man that was overhearing and listening said, I think I know where she's at. And so he dove in. And when he dove in, he found me. Um, he said literally like stuck to the bottom of the drain, just laying there and was able to lift me up. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry are joined by Stephanie Besh to hear her powerful personal story of a real-life miracle. Let's get started. Well, we've all had instances in our life where we said, wow, what a coincidence. And then when we thought about it, we thought maybe there was more than just a coincidence. Maybe it was a miracle. That's the subject of today's podcast from Fearless Faith. Finish strong. Do we believe in miracles? I'm Dan Wheeler, and I'm joined by Brian Rowland and Terry Steen. And guys, we've got a special guest coming up. But first of all, let's talk about does God still do miracles today? Terry, what say you? Well, there's no question in my mind, even though as I was talking with my wife uh, earlier today, trying to think back to miracles, supernatural miracles that I have observed. I don't know that I can recall one, but I have such faith to believe based on what the scripture tells us, the stories we've heard, and I've heard evidence of miracles, and I know people that have had miracles. So it totally totally believe in miracles. Well, I know you've read my book, Hurricane of Love, and my journey with Beth was filled with miracles. Every week, it seemed like something amazing was happening, just the right word from God that we needed. Uh, God used my neighbor, who's a helicopter mechanic, to give the most eloquent message to Beth as she uh, was dying from stage four cancer. And Brian, you were there. You know, she couldn't raise her hands. Her hands were sw so swollen. And Daryl said, uh, Beth, you know, Jesus is here and he's walking by and you just need to reach out and touch him. Just like the lady in, in Matthew that had the issue of blood. And he didn't realize that Beth's issue was with her blood, but you saw her. She couldn't even raise her hand to wipe a tear away. And yet many times we saw her hands go straight up. Yeah, we definitely did. And that, that was so so surprising to us because she couldn't, her hands were swollen so big, but yet we would sit there and just slowly be creeping up and we're going, she's trying to touch the hem of his garment. We just knew that she was taking Daryl's words to heart. Hmm. She was trying to touch the hem of his garment. Yeah. Brian, do you think you've seen miracles in your life? Uh, I know I've seen miracles. Uh, my sister was healed of multiple sclerosis and it wasn't just something instantaneous. It was something that it, uh, she felt this power go through her as we prayed over her, but it just took a couple months as she went back for her checkups and she was in stage two going to stage three and she was told never to have kids again. Well, I got this great nephew. Um, she just, um, she completely turned it around and it kept to the fact, uh, to the point that when she was trying to get insurance years later, she hit marked down that she had MS. And they said, are you sure? And she goes, call the hospital. They said, we did. They have no records. They even lost her records. So when God does something, he does it from beginning <laughs> to end complete. <laughs> 
Well, we're about to hear from a woman who definitely had a miracle take place in her life. Mm -hmm. Stephanie Besch is her name. She's been in ministry for 27 years, often speaks at conferences, events, churches. She's been a woman's pastor, a youth leader, and a marriage counselor. She's currently a co-host for God's View TV. She's also married and has three boys and two daughter-in-laws. And Stephanie, at the age of 13... You had something miraculous take place. First of all, welcome to Finish Strong, and uh, we're so glad you're with us. But uh, that was a fateful day. Take us back to that Sunday morning on July 29th, 1979. It started with a church service. It sure did. And I just want to say thank you so much for having me. Um, So my mom and dad had actually just come back. I lived in Dodge City at that time and had just come back from a trip to Colorado. And they told us the night before that we were moving back to Colorado. I was born in Colorado, Denver, when I was a little, um, anyway, when I was born. And, um, you were born they at had, an early age, I think. I was born, yeah. yes, <laughs> born in Denver. And then we, shortly after that, we moved to Dodge City. And they told us that we were moving in two weeks. My dad had just accepted a new job. So with that being said, when we went to church the next morning, I told my youth group that we were moving. And that started the ball rolling because then they're like, let's have a party. Let's go to the swimming pool after church. And then during the service, uh, the pastor just felt very led to just say out loud, I feel like there are people here or someone here that just needs extra prayer, needs some covering. Um, There's just something heavy in the air. And my dad literally said he felt the still small voice of the Holy Spirit on the inside of him say, that's you. You need to raise your hand and receive that prayer. So that's what he did. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, Stephanie, what now you went to the pool. What happened? I'm, I'm assuming something dramatic happened at the pool that day. It, it sure did. It, none of the parents went. So it was just uh, several carloads of teenagers. And so the older kids drove, picked us up and, and away we went. And once we got there, the pool had in the deep end, it was 10 foot deep. So my friend and I were standing on the ledge of the pool And another friend was coming up behind us and just pushing us in as we were playing. And there were so many people there that day on July 29th, um, 1979 is when it was. It was so hot. So they allowed extra people to come in. And so when he pushed us in, my friend Tammy went out into the water. But I did too, but my head snapped back. And when that happened, I hit my head on the cement ledge of the pool Hmm. and it knocked me out in an instant. Wow. Well, Steph, how was it that nobody noticed that you were knocked out in the water? You know, like I said, there were just so many people. They said they they let almost an extra 100 people in that day. And we found that out after the fact. So there were kids Hmm. and families everywhere and People were playing tag and jumping in and out constantly. And so when I hit my head, because I was knocked out instantly, there wasn't, I didn't yell. There wasn't, there wasn't any sound. It just happened. And I went down into the water. Yeah. You told me uh, your friend that also was pushed in saw you, but that you were just kind of bobbing up and down, but she thought you were actually swimming, right? Right. After she got out, she turned around and looked back and my body was face down on top of the water and moving towards the other side. But because of just all the commotion and and movement of people, 
it was like that. So she thought I was swimming to the other side when in reality I was floating for a little bit, but the pull of the drain was so strong. It just Mm. sucked my body down to the bottom and I stayed there. Mm. And it Mm. took a while for your friends to start looking for you. How long do you think they were looking? Well, we were told for at least a half an hour because by the time Tammy went to the lifeguard and began to say, I can't find my friend, we think something's wrong. The lifeguard then told her, you need to go look for her because I didn't see anybody that needed help. So she went to the older kids that were laying out and just said, something's wrong. We need. And and so they all decided, yes, Lori and Sherry, the pastor's daughters, told me that they began to yell my name as they walked the circumference of the pool. They went on the outside of the pool, outside of the fence. They went to the concession stand, the baby pool, the restrooms. Uh, somebody even told my parents that they went up on the roof because kids would climb up there. There was a ladder and they would lay out. And when, when I didn't answer, Lori told me that every time she hollered my name, when people would look at her, but I didn't respond, she said, literally the hair on her arms just stood up. She knew something was wrong. And at that time they decided to, Tammy went back to the lifeguard and then two of the girls began to dive in the deep end looking for me. So I want to make sure people understand that you were at the bottom of a pool for a half hour minimum at least okay terry i wanted to set that up yeah (laughs) yeah because i was thinking wow you were unconscious at the bottom of the pool do you remember anything about that or were you was it just blanked out you know i remember so clearly um during all this time while they were looking for me Tammy did run. One of the girls came up and said, I think I see her on the bottom of the pool. In fact, I think I touched somebody, but I'm not sure. And then a young man that was overhearing and listening said, I think I know where she's at. And so he dove in. And when he dove in, he found me. um, He said literally like stuck to the bottom of the drain, just laying there and was able to lift me up. Mm. And when they brought me to the surface, Tammy ran and called my parents. You know, that was before we had our cell phones right there. So it was the phone up at the front desk with the long curly cord. And But she called my, my parents and my dad answered. And he told me that he will never forget that. He knew why the Holy Spirit told him to receive that prayer that day because she said they found Stephanie on the bottom of the pool. Um, she's not breathing. In fact, they say she's dead and you better come now. Mm-hmm. They're going to take her to the hospital. And so with all that being said, while I was on the bottom of the pool, um, in the word of God, it says that in a twinkling of an eye, basically, we will go from this earth and we will be with him and our spirit will leave our body and be re- reunited in heaven with our heavenly father. And that's what happened. I, I saw my body laying on the bottom of the pool. But as my spirit left, I could tell that the elements of the water and the things around me could not touch me, that I was completely dry. And I walked on the bottom of the pool over to the silver stairs um, that you would climb in and out of to get into the water. And, And I guess the only way I know how to put it is once I touched the atmosphere outside of the water, in a snap of a finger, um, all I can say is it felt like space. Mm. And I went from here before the gates of heaven. And oh. I was placed in, in the palm of our Heavenly Father's hand. Um, and I don't know if you want me to continue or talk yeah, about please, please. Okay. So when that happened, um, 
I remember the, the brightest light that um, you could ever imagine and the warmth and the love. There was no fear. There was there was no, I didn't even know that I was dead. I guess I'll put it that way, that I was so safe and I was so enraptured and captivated by the love of Jesus, mm -hmm. that the presence of God that we feel here, nothing can compare. And I wish I could explain it in more um, human terms, but I can't. And um, the next thing I knew, being placed in my father's hand, I was before the gates of heaven, and I heard a battle for my mm -hmm. life. And I heard Satan say out of his mouth, I did not see him, but I heard him loud and clear. And he said, she's coming with me. Mm. And then I heard the Lord say, no, she's not. And I heard him say again, I said, she's coming with me. And I heard the Lord once again say, I said, no, she's not. And one more time, he elevated his voice and he said, I said, she's coming with me. And the Lord said, no, she's not. And he declared over me, it is not her time yet. But when mm. it is, she will be with me. Mm. And in a snap of a finger, I went from being before the gates of heaven, safe, into back into my body. Mm. Wow. And, and by then, they had gotten me from the pool into the ambulance all the way to this little bitty a hospital, half nursing home, half hospital. Because in Jetmore, Kansas, it was a little town of 300 back then. And they put a sheet on me and they rolled me into the hallway and they left me there because they didn't know what to do with me. And as the Lord declared that over my life, by that time, it was a 30 minute drive for my parents to leave their house, load my brothers and get them um, in the car and then all the way there. And during that time, my mom said she would never forget that my dad began to cry out to God. Because that's what we do in a situation like that. When we call on the name of Jesus, the name above all names, he answers. And, and I want to tell you that when they pulled my body out of the pool, one of the girls, Julie, told me that it went silent. Everybody went silent because they saw and knew that I was gone. And then all of my little youth group, there was probably about eight of us there that day, began to speak the name of Jesus because that's all they knew to do. So immediately his name was going in and speaking life over me. And so as my parents, going back to my parents, leaving their house and driving, my mom said that my dad began to actually beat the dashboard and the steering wheel. And he began to scream out to God and tell him how faithful he was that he was true and that he would listen to his voice. And he prayed that morning in church and he prayed over his family that morning and that his daughter would live and he, and she would not die. And she said over and over and over again, he did that all the way to the hospital. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. You never, yeah. you would never know how a parent would react to something like that until no. you were in that situation. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask you about how your parents responded. And without yeah. that morning prayer, his mindset might have been somewhere else if yeah. he hadn't you know, experienced that that morning. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, I think that whenever we have that intimate relationship with Jesus, that he's there for us. So whenever we feel that prompting, um, that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. And then the, he, the Holy Spirit is here to give us what we need. He's our helper, our counselor. So he's speaking constantly if we hear. And, and you know, 
I do want to say if somebody's listening and they think, oh my goodness, you know, I've list, I've, I've heard that voice and I did not respond. Do you know, God is still faithful. <laughs> we read throughout the word of God of many times where there's people that, that are thinking to themselves, I missed it. I didn't do it right. But you know what? When we call on his name, he's so good to turn things around on his behalf for his glory. So I don't want anybody to think that they did something or made such a mistake that God can't turn it around for them because he can. Right. Absolutely. So, Stephanie, you were in a small town. Yeah. What did they do to try to revive you? I remember you told me they didn't even have oxygen in the ambulance. No, um, the ambulance, I guess, had come from the mortuary, and so the oxygen tanks had not been filled up. So once they got there, they didn't know what to do. The The lifeguard, they said that it shocked her so much when they did find me that she actually jumped into the water and had to get back out because she just didn't know what to do. She did try mouth-to-mouth. Um, nobody has ever told me that the the only thing I've ever heard is that when I finally woke up where they saw me breathing was once I got to the hospital. So in between there, I have no idea because my experience was going to heaven and then him pronouncing over me that it wasn't my time yet. And when it was, I would be with him. But once they got me to the hospital, um, my mom and dad, when they got there, my dad came in and he ran right towards me and he yelled my name. He said, Stephanie. And when he did, that's when I opened my eyes and I said, hi, daddy. Mm -hmm. And he said, and everybody said that he was just pushing the sheets off of me, looking at me. And at that very moment, that's when the ambulance drivers and the EMTs and I remember seeing the youth group standing around me crying, but they began to ask me, do you know your name? Do you know what happened to you? Do you know your birth date? And they were shining flashlights in my eyes. Yeah. Wow. But you just, they had a blanket over you and you were laying they, on a gurney. They had right? a sheet. Yep. They just left me in the hallway because the doctor, I guess, they had a doctor that was on call, but he was playing golf. And so when he got the call in, he literally told them, if she's already gone, there's nothing I can do. If for some reason you bring her back, she'll be a vegetable. So, so he didn't come in. Wow. So when they examined you then, did they just let you go home or were they going to keep you for observation? Yes. So they quickly saw that I knew my name and I knew my birth date and they sent me home. But once I got home, I would go in and out of consciousness. Hmm. So my parents took me to the Dodge City Hospital and I'll never forget um, being in that emergency room and the doctor starting to listen to my parents, what happened? Can you tell me what went on? And they said, well, they said that she was on the bottom of the pool for at least 30 minutes while they looked for her. Um, We know that some kind of accident happened. And so as she looked, she said, well, that's strange because there's no water in her lungs. She swallowed water, but but it just, she just swallowed and it went to her stomach. And they could see that the chlorine system obviously wasn't working right. And we found that afterwards. So it was a little bit cloudy. So that's another reason they couldn't see to the bottom. Mm. But after that, um, when she continued examining, she touched my head and I yelled out. And so they moved my hair and saw that I had a concussion and saw where I hit my head. And so um, at that point, I remember just taking a deep breath saying, I have the answer. And I spoke out loud. I know what happened to me today. Jesus saved me. He gave me my life back. He breathed life into me. And at that point, 
the emergency room doctor just clapped her hands and said, we're going to keep her for 24-hour observation, but other than that, we're going to send her home. There's nothing wrong with her. Hmm. Yeah. So what did they discover in your lungs? I had no water. My lungs were fine. Yeah, but you said, what, did you say that they had been burned from the chlorine? No, well, just just through my throat because oh. I had swallowed water, but it went directly to my stomach. It bypassed my lungs, and it was just like taking a drink of water, but it was strong from the chlorine. Mm. So, okay. Mm -hmm. So at that age, you went through an experience like nobody else ever has. How did that impact you? I know you have a very strong Bible ministry today, but how did that, how did God, what did he show you and how did that impact your future? And tell us a little about that. And if there were any scriptures that you might oh be God. standing on through this mm -hmm. experience and, and how God's used you from that point on. Yes. Um, and I began to ask the Lord because two weeks later we moved out here. And so there was a lot of things going on in my life at that time. But once we began to talk about what happened and I began to share my side of it, I, be, I asked the Lord, can you show me in the word what happened to me? And he brought me to John 10, um, 27 through 31, where it talks about basically when we receive Jesus as our savior, he becomes our good shepherd. And when that happens, we are placed in the Father's hand where nothing can snatch us out. So I knew immediately that's where I was. That's what I felt, that I was in the palm of his hand. And then I asked him, how in the world could there be an argument like that over my life when I've already asked you to be my Savior, Jesus? And he brought me to Jude 9, which I had never, um, it never popped out to me before. But it, what it said basically is that Satan argued over Moses's body. And Michael, the archangel, um, told him, the Lord rebuke you, basically. And so that told me that there can be a battle going on. But if we belong to Jesus, he fights for us. Mm -hmm. And we can't be snatched out of his hand. Wow. Yeah. So what is your yeah. mission in life as far as this experience happened to you, Seth? You know, right before this happened to me, I had asked the Lord, because growing up in church, can you really love me like everyone else? Can you see everybody the same? Do you love everybody? And so when that happened, um, I began to see other people's stories about being, you know, dying and coming back. And they would see people when they left their body. I didn't see anybody. All I saw was me. And he told me, he said, Steph, didn't you ask me if I could see you, if I could love you like I did everybody else? And I said, yes. He said, I wanted you to see through my eyes that day that I was focused on you and that I love you. And he said, but now I want you to take that and tell my people that I do see them and I do love them and I do care. So I don't take that lightly, that when yeah. he takes our lives, and regardless of the miracle or what he's done for us, I have a responsibility, and I'm honored to anybody who wants to listen to tell them that Jesus loves them, that he sees them, that he will never leave them nor forsake them, and that he places them in the palm of their hand where nothing can snatch them out. 
that once we're his, we're his. Mm. So that's, that is my life mission. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> he had his hand on you that day and here you are at the age of 55, all grown up with family. <laughs> this has yeah. really impacted your life. And I, yes. I know I talked to you a year ago because we met Stephanie at uh, NRB, which is the National Religious Broadcasters uh, Convention in Nashville. And um, you told me then you were thinking of writing a book. Any progress yes. on that? You know what? I am about halfway through. So I just okay. wanted to collect more from the people involved so I could have their mm-hmm. quotes and and exactly what happened. So, yes. So thank you. Stephanie, I wanted to just mention, you've probably heard tons of times, I guess God wasn't done with you yet, when you go through something like that and you're brought back to life. But, you know, I was thinking about it as you were talking. All of us can say God's not done with us yet. If we're alive, God's not done with us yet. Mm -hmm. And I guess I would encourage all of our listeners that you don't have to go through a death experience to realize what you're realizing through your experience and that God is not done with each of us. And he has that plan and we need to let the Holy Spirit motivate us Mm -hmm. so we can finish strong the plan he has for us. Yeah. Stephanie, we are so glad that you joined us today. Thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners. Um, We always kind of end with uh, finishing strong through our faith and our belief in miracles. And guys, uh, you know, Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And um, Psalm seventy-seven, fourteen says, "You are the God who works wonders." And Stephanie's living proof: God still does miracles. Final Amen. thought uh, from you, Brian and Terry. I love the part about Satan and Jesus arguing, because I really believe that Jesus will have your back until the your final breath, until you say no. And Satan can come after you, and he's yes. going to tempt you until Jesus takes you home. And Jesus, he's got your back. He's always going to be there. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to mention, I was thinking of that verse in Acts 19, 11, where it said God was doing extraordinary miracles at the hand of Paul. And no matter who's involved with the miracle being accomplished, it's God doing the miracle. And uh, this was just an example of how God had Stephanie in the palm of his hand. Thank you. Proof again that God does intervene in the affairs of men and women. He cares about us all. He cares about you. No matter how dire the situation may be, never lose faith. So our thanks to Stephanie Besch for uh, sharing her story today. And uh, John Matarazzo, we would love for people to rate this podcast. How do they do that? Yes, definitely. If you want to help the Finish Strong podcast, reach more people, you can simply do that by going to your favorite podcast app and rating and reviewing this podcast. Write a little paragraph of of how this is impacting you and then share it with a friend. That helps more people discover this Finish Strong podcast with the guys from Fearless Faith. And whenever we have special guests, you want to make sure that you don't miss those episodes because Stephanie's story was awesome. You want to share that with your friends. You can also go to ffaith.org to see everything that they have to offer. Thank you, John. So for all of us at Fearless Faith, we want you to finish strong and we'll see you next time. God bless. 
Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.